This is Healers Helping Healers Radio Show. Thanks for listening. Hello, friends. Welcome, welcome to the show. Todd Schaefer and I are here to talk a little bit about A Course in Miracles, and we're just going to start off with Episode 1, and we're going to go ahead and just do a reading, then we're going to talk a little bit about what we read, and anything else that might happen to come up for us, we're going to go ahead and discuss it. So let's go ahead and get started. We are on the Meeting of Miracles and potentially getting into Principles and Miracles. That is going to be on page... Three. Three, and that again is section one, Principles of Miracles. Here we go. Hi, this is Todd Schaefer speaking now. If you have the big blue book that we call Course in Miracles, um, go ahead and turn it to page one where it says Introduction. And I'm going to go ahead and read it. This is A Course in Miracles. It is a required course. Only the time you take it is voluntary. Free will does not mean that you can establish the curriculum. It means only that you can elect what you want to take at a given time. The course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love, for that is beyond what can be taught. It does aim, however, at removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. which is your natural inheritance. The opposite of love is fear, but what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. This course can therefore be summed up very simply in this way. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. Kira? Yes. Would you like to talk about what that means? <laughs> nothing real can be threatened and nothing unreal exists. For me, that tells me that in something called Real Love, which is a book by Greg Bear, he talks about, you know, only love is real. And to me, if I'm saying negative things to myself in my head, that isn't real because only love is real. And so nothing real can be threatened and nothing unreal exists. So when I think of that, I go to love. So if it's a loving statement, it's a kind statement, it's one that creates connection instead of separation, then that to me is real. Thank you. That was really good. This short little introduction um, is really, 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 really short, but it's really deep. so this is a course in miracles. It's a required course. The only time you take it is voluntary. And we're not going to go into how the course got here. If you if you have a course book, I'm going to assume you already know. Um, we're just going to dive into the content. By the way, so uh, free will does not mean you can establish the curriculum. It means you can only elect. Um, it means you can only elect when you take the curriculum. Um, we don't have to worry about teaching love because that's beyond what's taught. But what is important is removing the blocks to, to the awareness of love's presence, um, which is your natural inheritance. So this course is about, it's a systematic course. It's a systematic tool that will remove fear from your consciousness. 
Um, it'll help you to mentally shift, which will then help, uh, in turn, help you to emotionally shift and weed it out of your belief system. And when you no longer believe in fear, it won't exist for you. And that can happen and does happen. And this is powerful stuff. So, um, and then it also goes in to say that the opposite of love is fear, but what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. So, which is kind of a loaded statement, right? Um, the opposite of love is fear, but it's but it uh, since love is all-encompassing, fear is really not its opposite. So, what does that mean? You know, to me, it kind of means that well, fear doesn't really exist; it's just an illusion. In this book, we're going to get into all right really really cool stuff here so um this is uh you know from my from my money i've encountered a lot of spiritual books beforehand that have helped me in different ways different authors and different things but then when i encountered this book i knew that it was going to be like the ultimate curriculum for me uh and being here on this planet um Ultimately, um, and the thing I always like to say is that Course in Miracles is probably not the first book you'll encounter if you are a spiritual person, but it is one of the last books you'll encounter because um, although you're, you can totally read anything you want uh, forevermore, but this book is a lifelong journey, a lifelong uh, practice of committing to fear, committing to fear, committing to <laughs> love and God's love and letting go of fear and, um, and calling in God and the Holy Spirit in the face of fear, renouncing, denouncing fear. So um, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Well, that's cool, right? So let's just figure out what real means, and then we can rest in that trust that it cannot be threatened by constantly putting those good things in our heads, right? Help, thereby helping us to believe it more and more and more that if this is real, I'm going to put my trust and my faith in the fact that it can't be threatened. And then nothing unreal exists. So if it's unreal, then um, I, I can, as soon as I recognize that something is unreal, I can go ahead and let it go. I don't have to put my faith into something that is unreal. I don't have to put my time and energy and belief and worry into things that are unreal. I can learn to redirect my consciousness and my awareness. All right. So what, so this is really mind training is what it kind of comes down to. It's mind training. Um, it's training to recognize when you are in something real and it's training to redirect when you recognize that you're in something unreal. Isn't that interesting? Because if you are, Recognizing, if you recognize, then you are becoming aware of choice. You're becoming aware of the fact that you have choice. And when you become aware of the fact that you have choice, you get to choose again if you don't like what you're currently choosing. Therefore, what you're currently choosing isn't feeling good. Um, one of the workbook lessons at the back of this book is, uh, early on, is there is another way of looking at this. And that's our choice in any given moment, should we choose to live with that type of vigilance. So 
um, this uh, we're going to dive into this course. Um, I think we are setting an intention of doing it regularly, you know, maybe once a week or, or, or we'll, we'll see how we do. <clears throat> but I've been reading this book on and off since 2006 and um, I'm by no means an expert and I haven't writ written or excuse me, read every page, but um, it has been something that I've been committed to um, period, you know, and I, and I think Kira has, has also committed to it. It's just a tool in the toolbox, like, like anything else that you resonate with that helps to connect you with your source. Right. Yeah. Um, I just think it's one of the more awesome tools um, because it's so thorough and it's so, um, I guess, I don't know, authoritative maybe. Um, and it's, it, there, there's no corners cut in this thing. It's, it really is a, a, a long journey and what's interesting about it is at first, if you're picking it up for the first time, it might feel a little bit like you're reading stereo instructions. Like when we used to get, when we used to have to hook up wires to stereos and things, um, you know, anything electronic, you got pages and pages of how does this get put together? Well, that's what it kind of seems like at first. But as you get immersed in it and read it regularly, you can start to, you'll, you'll find yourself starting to understand it more. Um, and especially if you're reading it and following along through people who, who you resonate with who are understanding it, because we'll kind of do some translating too, <clears throat> our impressions about what it looks like for us, what it means for us. And you get to just feel into what that means for you too. You know, there really isn't a wrong way to do this. Um, th there isn't. There is no wrong way to do this you are going to retain exactly what is appropriate for you to retain at this point in time. So don't worry about anything. Don't worry about having to understand it. Don't worry about, I don't understand this. Uh, I need to stop until I get it. No, it's okay. Just let yourself follow the flow as you, um, as you immerse yourself in this stuff. I promise you your subconscious mind is picking up everything. Um, so it's not really important that you, understand something so much it is as it is important that you let yourself feel into something um, as you're going that means you're going beyond the mind anyway um, which is which is really a bigger allowing than you might think so that said let's move on to yeah, and let me let me just say too oh I'm more of a novice in this so I'm going to be asking some of those questions that probably a lot of you might be asking if you're not familiar with ACIM However, uh, you could be extremely versed in it and you might still get some things because this really is, Todd, Todd used to use the term concentrated orange juice because you could take one sentence and study on that one sentence for a month. And so you can get a lot out of this material. And when I first started studying it, I would just fall asleep. Like every time I would go, I would just pass out and and i was like if, they, if you need a cure for insomnia read acim to me and you'll be i'll be done so um hopefully uh you'll kind of get the novice perspective as well as in my opinion if you have been studying something for 10 years um you are getting uh to be a better student of it which i think todd would say he's a, he's he's a good student of this work but from my perspective I've really only been studying it for about three years. 
um, my perspective is that he's pretty much got it nailed down. So uh, we're kind of giving you two different perspectives. Um, so I'll probably be asking some of those questions. So. Yeah, and it's good that we discussed that because people are probably thinking about it. Anything that comes up for us as we're reading it is definitely appropriate for us to be talking about. That's what's coming up in our consciousness, which is for us and, and for the listeners, too. Yeah. So I agree with that. All right, so we'll um, read a little bit uh, in Chapter 1 here. Um, I've got the same book that I've had for 10 years. It's really water. It's been waterlogged, and and it's really old and gross, and it's marked up really good. I think we have like three copies of this book now, but I like mine because it's um, it's hardy, and it's got all my marks in it and everything I've read and underlined, and it's something I've... It's like a toy, like an old teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. And mine is pristine. <laughs> yeah. Mine is brand new looking. <laughs> and they're, they're really great books, too. It's got the, the it's soft cover, but it's got that material that's really hard to destroy. <laughs> yes. You know, kind of like what some Bibles are made out of and different things. And it's got those pages that are thin. And um, it's a pretty hardy book. I'm really... I like it. Anyway, <laughs> so chapter one, usually these are in paragraphs, but um, but these are in like lines. So I think we should do is maybe like read like five at a time. Sure. And then uh, and then digest them in terms of whatever comes up. Perfect. Um, we're not going to get overly analytical or anything, but we are going to kind of use what what feels like what we need to talk about. Um, and as we do that, um We'll, we'll get through the material, okay? So that said, chapter one on page three, the meaning of miracles. Section one, principles and miracles. Principles of miracles. There is no order of difficulty in miracles. One is not harder or bigger than another. They are all the same. All expressions of love are maximal. Miracles as such do not matter. The only thing that matters is their source, which is far beyond evaluation. <laughs> miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. The real miracle is the love that inspires them. In this sense, everything that comes from love is a miracle. All miracles mean life, and God is the giver of life. His voice will direct you very specifically. You will be told of all you need to know. Miracles are habits and should be involuntary. They should not be under conscious control. Consciously selected miracles can be misguided. All right. Any, anything pop up for you? Well, the no order of difficulty in miracles, which is something that you say to me often, <laughs> which yeah. I appreciate. By the way, I'm Kira Schaefer. This is Todd Schaefer. We're married. <laughs> I didn't put introduce ourselves. But, um, but when I... M- tend to get a little bit like discouraged or worried about something um you remind me of that there's no order of dif- there's no order of difficulty in miracles and to me that says i can and you even say this to me too you can create a castle as well as a button you know it doesn't have to be if i'm creating one thing i can create anything and that brings me a great deal of confidence and makes me feel good about the possibilities yeah. of good things happening yeah and this is your regular podcast, right? Yeah. You didn't like to start. Okay, so your listeners already know who we are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Because um, if you listen to Abraham Hicks, um, 
you know, she, she says you can create a castle as easy as a button. She's quoting course. There is, there's no order of difficulty in miracles, right? Um, um, let's see. Another thing that really stuck out to me here. Uh, what was it? Miracles are habits and should be involuntary. They should not be under conscious control. Consciously selected miracles can be misguided. Um, involuntary means that when you are operating from and through the Holy Spirit, um, things show up as needed, when you need them. Um, and your creativity is not always under conscious control. <clears throat> we, 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 we're used to working life through our egos. And so when we, when we, when we um, create something sometimes as bad, as bad or good, we judge it through bad or good as in terms of what happens. Well, that's just through the filter of that ego, right? Um, a, good, a good illustration of how this works is a quote from, I forgot who it was. It, was, it might have been Abraham Hicks. Um, sometimes, you, sometimes your greatest victories are actually your biggest failures. And sometimes what you think are your biggest failures It's a really meaningful quote to me because it says that evaluating life through the lens of, of one's ego and judgment of bad or good can really throw you way off the spiritual path. You do not know what anything means or anything is for. So if we're just going on our own, on our own thought system, our own belief about things, um, even if it's to the best of our ability, um, it, it can be easy to be misguided by what we think things are supposed to look like, right? Mm-hmm. This is where trust comes in, um, in, pra- in terms of practicing um, trusting that what, how things are right now are exactly what they're, what they're supposed to look like for, for right now. In other words, releasing expectations of things being different than what they are right now for example, right? Mm-hmm. So kind of, we could go on and on and on, but what I want to do is how I like to teach this stuff is kind of weave things together. So you can start saying, Oh, that's what this other teacher is saying. Oh, that, that that's, I can tie that into trust. This is what this really means, right? They're not just foreign words, but giving the words meaning to things we may have already encountered in our lives. Mm-hmm. You want to go, you want to do six through 10? Yeah, sure. Miracles are natural. When they do not occur, something has gone wrong. Miracles are everyone's right, but purification is necessary first. Miracles are healing because they supply a lack. They are performed by those who temporarily have more for those who temporarily have less. Miracles are a kind of exchange. Like all expressions of love, which are always miraculous in the true sense, the exchange reverses the physical laws. They bring more love both to the giver and the receiver. The use of miracles as spectacles to induce belief is a misunderstanding of their purpose. Okay. So, um, Miracles are natural when they when they do not occur. Something has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It just shows us that we allow God as we deem ourselves worthy. 
Um, and if we're not, if we're disallowing God, um, that's because we've obstructed the flow uh, of those miracles coming in, you know, or synchronicities or however you like to call them. Um, things kind of syncing up nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, miracles, everyone's right, but purification is necessary first. We've already talked about that. It's because um, you have to let go of what is unreal first, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing unreal exists. Well, if we have to re, we have to let go of our perceptions of what is unreal, that is the purification process. Letting go of the fears, right? The more we let go of those fears out of our belief system and our perceptions, the more these miracles start showing up naturally. Okay. Mm-hmm. Miracles are healing because they supply a lack. They perform by those who temporarily have more for those who temporarily have less. Mm-hmm. Miracles are a kind of cha- exchange, like all expressions of love, which are always miraculous to sense. The exchange reverses physical laws. They bring more love both to the giver and the receiver. The use of miracles and spectacles to induce belief is a misunderstanding of their purpose. Yeah, that makes sense. Anything you wanted to say about that? Well, um, miracles are healing because they supply a lack. So, um, so it's and they're performed by those who temporarily have more for those who temporarily have less. And to me, that tells us that's the healer. You know, that's mm-hmm. the healer that right. has gone through. They've gone through the purification process. They have released at least temporarily enough fears to be able to be of service right. to those people who are still in that fear place. Yeah. Right? Agreed. Okay. So I'm figuring it out. Um, all expressions of love, which are always miraculous in the true sense, the exchange reverses the physical laws. This is this is a cool one, in my mind, um, because I'm I'm starting to understand ACIM a little bit better. But like all expressions of love, they're always miraculous in the true sense. The exchange reverses the physical laws. So what that tells me is that love heals all. So it mm-hmm. heals the physical condition that we believe in in the illusion um, and all we really have to do is keep facing love or facing God or facing truth Mm -hmm. to then reverse whatever physical situation, ailment, problem, discomfort, disorder, disease that we are experiencing at the time. Agreed. Cool. Yeah. Anything physical is going to be the effect. Anything that's cause is, is going to be more in the mind. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll get into that more so when we get into perception, mm-hmm. because perception determines how we see things, not just how we see things, but to a to an infinitesimal level, perception causes what we see, what we see. Like you've, you've heard of people who are clairvoyant and different things doesn't mean they're more spiritual necessarily, um, but but animals, you, you've heard animals see can see different things. Well, there is more going on in perception than what we just believe is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think I need to go into more detail. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about the use of miracles? That one? Use of miracles as spectacles to induce belief is a misunderstanding of their purpose. Um, yeah, that just reminds me of like historical... Uh, evangelizing and such, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, faith healings and different things. Mm-hmm. Um, or creating for the sake of creating, like, you know, I want to get that parking spot, you know, which is totally a fine beginning. But miracles are bigger than that. 
and Marianne Williamson talks about, you know, the, the universe, God that holds the galaxies together can manage the small problems in your life. Right. But it's like, it's, it's, you're misusing miracles. If you think that they are only limited to parking space attractions, you know, like being able to find that whatever, Mm -hmm. no, no, God wants us to create castles. Mm-hmm. You know, and not be limited. <clears throat> and we can. The only thing that um, stops us is our, our beliefs and our worthiness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe we should do one at a time since we end up talking about each one anyway. Oh, it's like, a, no, that's okay. Or you want to read five at a time? Yeah, I think it's fine. <laughs> Prayer is the medium of miracles. It is a means of communication of the created with the creator. Through prayer, love is received, and through miracles, love is expressed. I'm going to read three more. Yeah. Miracles are thoughts. Thoughts can represent the lower or bodily level of experience or the higher or spiritual level of experience. One makes the physical, and the other creates the spiritual. Miracles are both beginnings and endings, and so they alter the temporal order. There are always affirmations of rebirth, which seem to go back, but really go forward. They undo the past and the present, and thus release the future. Miracles bear witness to truth. They are convincing because they arise from conviction. Without conviction, they deteriorate into magic, which is mindless and therefore destructive, or rather, the uncreative use of mind. Each day should be devoted to miracles. The purpose of time is to enable you to learn how to use time constructively. It is thus a teaching device and a means to an end. Time will cease when it is no longer useful in facilitating learning. These are some good ones. All right, so now I've got to read through it again to figure out what I want to say about it. <laughs> Prayers, the medium of miracles. It's a means of communication. Yeah. Parent. Okay. I think the thing that really stuck out for me to say something about was miracles are both beginnings and endings, and so they alter the temporal order. Mm-hmm. They are always affirmations of rebirth, which seem to go back, but really go forward. They undo the past and the present, and thus release the future. I feel like that statement right there sort of encompasses how I've worked with people or how we've worked with people in the past in terms of um, finding the emotional root of an issue. Mm-hmm. seems like you're going backwards for a while, mm-hmm. especially if you get into those feelings. But once you release those uh, feelings or let yourself process those feelings and, and release them, then you jump forward a great deal. So, so this one, number 13 here, really encompasses what uh, the, dif- the, the difference in mindset between um, – um, a person who wants to unravel those things, mm-hmm. I would just remove that. A person who wants to to uh, un- unravel those things versus um, a person who wants to or put things away or some medication or whatever, um, they don't go away because the purpose of them being there is to unravel and to to let go. Um, so everything that comes up emotionally is coming up for a reason. Um, I think the error in our thinking happens when we decide, um, when we um, judge why it's there and then try to handle it in a, in a way that's 
doesn't heal it, <laughs> you know, basically. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to say about 11 through 15, really. I like that in 11, it talks about prayers meeting and miracles. It's the mean of communication of the created with the creator. Through prayer, love is received, and through miracles, love is expressed. So it's saying that's the answer. You know, it's just being silent with God or being connecting with God. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, we are the created, you know, and God is the creator. We are not the creator. And so to me, that, that speaks a lot to, you know, allowing that, 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 you know, if I, I think about it, like if I was an, an artist and I were to, um, create a piece of art and I then got to enjoy it, you know, and I got to connect with it and I got to see all the flows of the lines and the, and, and, and the, the, even the discouraging places. And, uh, I would feel very pleased by that. And, um, and I think that God is pleased when we do connect back up with him in that way. Yeah. Okay. So we're on 16. Miracles are teaching devices for demonstrating it as, excuse me, miracles are teaching devices for demonstrating it is as blessed to give as to receive. They simultaneously increase the strength of the giver and supply strength to the receiver. Miracles transcend the body. They are sudden shifts into invisibility away from the bodily level. That is why they heal. A miracle is a service. It is the maximal service you can render to another. It is a way of loving your neighbor as yourself. You recognize your own and your neighbor's worth simultaneously. Miracles make minds one in God. They depend on cooperation because a sonship is the sum of all that God created. Miracles therefore reflect the laws of eternity, not of time. Miracles reawaken the awareness that the spirit, not the body, is the altar of truth. This is the recognition that leads to the healing power of the miracle. Yeah. I don't have any comments. They feel pretty straightforward to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Let's move on. Okay, 21. Miracles are na- are natural signs of forgiveness. Through miracles, you accept God's forgiveness by extending it to others. Miracles are associated with fear only because of their belief that darkness can hide. You believe that what your physical eyes can see, cannot see, does not exist. This leads to the denial of spiritual sight. Miracles rearrange perception and place all levels in true perspective. This is healing because sickness comes from confusing the levels. The miracles enable miracles enable you to heal the sick and raise the dead because you made sickness and death yourself and can therefore abolish both. You are a miracle, capable of creating in the likeness of your creator. Everything else is in your own nightmare and does not exist. Only the creations of light are real. Miracles are part of an interlocking chain of forgiveness, which when completed is the atonement. Atonement works all the time and in all the dimensions of time. These are pretty good. Um, Mm -hmm. 
these bring up some thoughts. Um, miracles are associated with fear only because of the belief that darkness can hide. You believe that your what your physical eyes cannot see does not exist. We already talked about that. This leads to the denial of spiritual sight. So if you can't see it, it's not there, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is not true. Um, miracles rearrange perception and place all levels in true perspective. I like that. Um, it's not about just fixing some result. It's about changing the way you perceive truth and therefore can change your beliefs about things. It can change what you see, uh, how you see things. It's pretty pretty cool there. Mm -hmm. This is healing because sickness comes from confusing the levels. Yeah. 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 If you believe that the mind is not the creator of of the body, then yeah, that would be confusing. Um, let's see. 24 is pretty empowering. You are a miracle capable of creating in the likeness of your creator. Everything else is your own nightmare and does not exist. One of the creations of light are real. And that, of course, goes back to the original statement, which is, um, oh my gosh, I can't find the page. Uh, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Mm-hmm. Miracles are part of interlocking chain of forgiveness, which, when completed, is the atonement. Atonement works on all the time, and oh, atonement works all the time, and in all the dimensions of time. That's that's big, because that says it's going on. It's affecting everything in the highest order and in all order, which is way beyond your perception. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's healing all space and all time, even going back in time, I yeah. would say. Yeah, sure. through that childhood problem. Right. Or whatever. Okay. Miracles represent freedom from fear. Atoning means undoing. The undoing of fear is an essential part of the atonement. Value of miracles. A miracle is a universal blessing from God through me to all my brothers. It is a privilege of the forgiven to forgive. Miracles are a way of earning release from fear. Revelation induces a state in which fear has already been abolished. Miracles are thus a means and revelation is an end. Miracles praise God through you. They praise him by honoring his creations, affirming their perfection. They heal because they deny body identification and affirm spirit identification. By recognizing spirit, miracles adjust the levels of perception and show them in proper alignment. This places spirit at the center where it can communicate directly. Okay. No comments here. Okay. Do you have comments? Mm-mm. 31. Miracles should inspire gratitude, not awe. You should thank God for what you really are. The children of God are holy, and the miracle honors their holiness, which can be hidden but never lost. I inspire all miracles, which are really intercessions. 
they intercede for your holiness and make your perceptions holy. By placing you beyond the physical laws, they, they raise you into the sphere of celestial order. In this order, you are perfect. Miracles honor you because you are lovable. They dispel illusions about yourself and perceive the light in you. They thus atone for your errors by freeing you from your nightmares. By releasing your mind from the imprisonment of your illusions, they restore your sanity. Miracles restore the mind to its fullness. By atoning for lack, they establish perfect protection. The spirit's strength leaves no room for intrusions. Miracles are expressions of love, but they may not always have observable effects. Okay. I like the miracles honor you because you are lovable. They dispel illusions about yourself and perceive the light in you. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that, that, you know, Jesus goes to the leper and says, you know, we're not doing so great with lepers. <laughs> you know, it's, is Jesus would never do that. Jesus says, I see the light in you. I see that you're lovable. I see that you are, you are already healed. Mm-hmm. And then that is, that result creates the healing within that person because they're, they're not mm-hmm. any longer, that illness is not perceived there and it frees them from their nightmare. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Miracles should inspire gratitude, not awe. Mm-hmm. Gratitude means someone is receiving with, from the spirit. Awe means they're seeing with their ego. Oh, you know. So that's um, I like I like that. Mm-hmm. Awe means I I want that. Gr- gratitude. Awe means I I I need to be that. Mm-hmm. Whereas gratitude means thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm receiving something. Yeah. I think awe too. To me, it talks to um, to 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 seeing a magic trick. You know, it's like, wow, you made a truck disappear. Right, which, mean, which <laughs> means, and it's like, ew. Which means someone is missing it. They're missing the point. Right. You know, if yeah. you're looking for magic, you're missing the point. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. All right. I think it's your turn to read. Okay. Miracles are examples of right thinking, aligning your perceptions with truth as God created it. A miracle is a correction introduced into false thinking by me. It acts as a catalyst, breaking up erroneous perception and reorganizing it properly. This places you under the atonement. Until this has occurred, knowledge of the divine order is impossible. The Holy Spirit is the mechanism of miracles. He recognizes both God's creations and your illusions. He separates the true from the false by his ability to perceive totally rather than selectively. The miracle dissolves error because the Holy Spirit identifies there as false or unreal. This is the same as saying that by perceiving light, darkness automatically disappears. The miracle acknowledges everyone as your brother and mine. It is a way of perceiving the universal mark of God. These are some big ones. Thirty six is good. Yeah, we already talked about a miracle. 
breaking up erroneous perception and reorganizing it properly, which places you under the atonement principle where perception is healed. So it's like every time you experience a miracle, you're experiencing an upgrade into the atonement, which is the way God meant it to be, essentially. I like uh, the Holy Spirit is the mechanism of miracles. There's going to be a lot of that in here, um, a lot of the Holy Spirit. Um, he recognizes both God's creations and your illusions. He separates the true from the false by his ability to perceive totally rather than psychically. I was raised um, Catholic, not practicing Catholic, but I went to Catholic grade school. Um, so I'm I'm familiar with Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I didn't have any resistance to those terms in here, nor any other terms, pretty open-minded as it is. But um, I really took on a relationship with the Holy Spirit that went far beyond anything I was taught. You know, it was kind of just a word back when I was forced to go to church. Um, but, you know, you know that was 1992 um, was the last, was like eighth grade or 90, 92 eighth grade graduation. Fast forward to 2006 when I picked up this book for the first time. Mm -hmm. And then there's a brand new relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I tell you what, you will love the Holy Spirit as much as you love God once you get in here and see what he is responsible for mm. and what you are not responsible for. Mm. And it makes things like surrender so much easier. Um, so when I see the Holy Spirit start to be mentioned, and once you start to see what his function is, because um, his function is your salvation, right? Um, his function is your release from your sins. So you don't have to walk around feeling guilty. You just have to give it to him. Hmm. And, and this book will teach you this. Um, I've got it underlined everywhere, wherever it's in here, um, that you just have to surrender your perceptions to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, heal my mind and correct my vision where I am blank, where I am perceiving this wrongly or or whatever the thing is i want to see this differently holy spirit please help me you're going to get a little miracle right when that happens um usually for me i think it takes place within the same day or within the same hour or two and i will if you practice it enough you'll be able to feel when he's tweaking with your perception mm -hmm. or when it's uh tweaking with your perception um and it, that's a form of a miracle, like a mini miracle, right? He'll get you out of the gutter and back on track. Mm -hmm. He'll get you out of that self-defeating thought and back on track. Um, and then you get to build with that. He'll give you whatever level of miracle you're, you're able to receive. And usually it's just a minor course correction um, unless we're, you know, asking for something bigger. But most of the time it's just to keep us on track and uh, it's, it, the answer comes in a solution that that only he could provide. You know, if we were to do it by ourselves, it would it would suck. It wouldn't be any good. Um, we were so much more we're so much more problematic in our own perceptions. But if you can, but if you can see from his perspective, if you could, and see that he he can bring everything to the table. He he sees everything. And then can tell you, okay, here's the tweak that you need in your perception and can provide that to you. Fantastic.
you know, fantastic. You'll read in this book that we have an authority problem. Um, that, that I think that's the title of a section called The Authority Problem, meaning we think we're the authors of our own lives. And that's why we cause so much trouble for ourselves and pain and illness and, and sadness because we don't we really don't understand why we're supposed to be here. Uh, and when we start surrounding more and more of our lives over to the Holy Spirit's guidance, um, we will inevitably uh, be happier. Uh, he's always willing to do so, but giving it up is usually something we don't always do willingly, even though we say that we do it willingly. So I wanted to point that out. That was, that was great because I have been using Holy Spirit and God interchangeably. Yeah. And um, so you're saying that's not necessarily true. Or are you saying that Holy Spirit has a different function? Yeah. Holy Spirit's function is, is, our, is our release. Like when we want to heal stuff, we ask the Holy Spirit to, to guide us. Okay. According to A Course in Miracles. Okay. And that's, that's what I do. And I just, I, I, the Holy Spirit, please correct my vision where I'm believing X. Like yeah. right now I'm believing right. I have to have everything done. Right. You know, where I'm believing I have to have everything done. And, and what I've seen whenever I do that, I always think I all, everything always turns around. You know, it just, yeah. it just, you know, my vision does get corrected because something does change. Yeah. It may not change in that very hot second, but it does change within the end of the day and over a couple of days. Yeah. It's very quick. Cool. cool. Let's see. Is it my turn to read? I think it is. Sure. Um, the Miracle 40. A miracle acknowledges everyone as your brother and mine. It is a way of perceiving the universal mark of God. Wholeness is the perceptual content of miracles. They thus correct and atone for the faulty perception of lack. A major contribution of miracles is their strength in releasing you from your false sense of obligation, deprivation, and lack. Miracles arrive from the miraculous state of mind or a state of miracle readiness. The miracle is an expression of the inner awareness of Christ and the acceptance of his atonement. A miracle is never lost. It may touch many people you have not even met and produce undreamed of changes in situations of which you are not even aware. Mm -hmm. you I think that looks like, yeah, I think that looks like uh, just what it is. Holy Spirit is the highest communication medium. Miracles do not involve this type of communication because they are temporary communication devices. When you return to your original form of communication with God by direct revelation, the need for miracles is over. The miracle is a learning device. This is Healers Helping Healers radio show. Thanks for listening.